welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. It is wonderful to see all of you gathered in this sacred space today and wonderful to know that there are many of you worshiping with us online. Just to highlight a few announcements, uh, the, the flowers that you see before you are in honor of Evelyn Pearson's 95th birthday. So if you happen to see her later today, tell her happy birthday. Also, remember, Gift to Gadsden is this week. There's still time to sign up for classes. It's still open online, so you could do that. Also, uh, cookies. We're in need of cookies to feed those who come, so you can donate those in the Chestnut Street foyer. And uh, volunteers to, to help with serving and hosting are needed as well. Let us prepare ourselves for worship. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for your peace, your love, and your transforming spirit. And we ask that as you make all things new, that you renew us in this time of worship so that we might be energized and more faithful and ready to go into the world and proclaim your holy name. It is in that name we pray. Amen. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, you're not done. 
children, you're dismissed to Children's Church with Miss Catherine, and you may be seated. So as the ushers come forward to collect the morning offering, I would remind you that uh, there are pew pads at the end of the pew, and you may uh, fill those out. Please take a moment to fill those out. Also, take a moment to look at your Connect card and find out everything that is happening here at First United Methodist Church. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, it is nothing but joy to participate in the work that is going on here at this church with our prayers, our presence, our gifts and service and witness. And out of that participation, we give back to you today, praying God that you would use these resources to further your kingdom. We also pause to lift up to you those in our family who are sick and hurting, those who are celebrating, those who need your grace today. Be with them, uh, be with us. May you forgive us our sins, draw us closer to one another, and closer to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
So Celebrations Praise Team, you need to know that one thing that I love is what I call tight worship, worship that is cohesive theologically. And I know that's a preacher nerd thing, but, um, but wow, thank you. Great music. It, it was good. It was really good. And today we're going to talk about Lazarus. And I kept imagining what it would have been like for Lazarus to sing those songs. So uh, we're continuing on a journey through Extraordinary. We've been the past three weeks looking at Jesus' extraordinary presence with us in times like these, times of transition, in community and also his extraordinary love for us. This sermon series has been an opportunity for you to get to know me a little better and also for us to remember the basics. And today we talk about transformation as we look at Lazarus's story. I invite you to take your Bible and turn to the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter, John 11, and we're going to be looking at verses 17 through 44. John 11, 17 through 44. Hear the good news. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he is falling asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go also that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus was already in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. 
When Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on that last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who, who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and he is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up and quickly go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus, where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he have opened the eyes of the blind man, have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there's a stench, because he's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of, the, of the God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having for having this here. I knew that you always were with me and you have I thank you for having me here. I knew that you have always been with me and have said this for the sake of those standing here so they might believe that you have sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and feet were bound in strips of cloth, his face wrapped in cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Moving back to a place that I had served previously five years ago has been nice because I don't have to use Google Maps that much. And when someone is talking about a place in Gadsden, I generally know what, what they're talking about. I know where things are. That's convenient. But things, some things have changed. For example, when I lived here previously, there was a convention hall. And now there's a venue. Landmarks are a little different. And people are a little different. I, it gives me comfort to see people that I've known previously, but sometimes I'm left scratching my head wondering where I've seen that person before. And I've changed too. During the pandemic, I gave up contacts and started wearing glasses. 
in working from home, I discovered that my pantry was close and convenient. The COVID pounds are real. I've also gained a few gray hairs and a few more aches and pains. But there are things that I'm proud of that have happened in the past five years. I'm a bit more laid back. I trust Jesus more. I've grown in my spiritual disciplines. And I would say I'm, I'm deeper in my faith. Change can be a good thing. Think about what if I moved back to Gadsden and nothing changed? There had been no development, uh, no businesses coming in. What if it all stayed the same? What if the people I'd known stayed the same? People didn't grow in their faith. What if the children that I knew through my daughters didn't grow up and mature? What if all was stagnant and the same? Things change. And that is especially true in the hands of Jesus. Jesus is in the transformation game. And he invites us to change. And that change is extraordinary. Think about how your life has changed in the past five years, the past three years, two years. Our world has changed radically. And I hope you have known change in a good and positive way. Because we're all called to grow spiritually and grow with Jesus, grow in new life with him. And that is what Christ calls us to do. Jesus is in the transformation game. And today's scripture reading is one of the great examples. After all, what is more transformative than death to life? Jesus was with his friends when he heard that Lazarus was sick. So he delays going so that God's glory might be revealed. When he finally arrives at the home of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, Martha goes to meet him. In her true Martha self, she says, Jesus, why didn't you get here earlier? The community's gathered. My brother's been dead for four days, and he, he stinks. It's, it's death. Why didn't you get here and cause something to happen? And he tells Martha, didn't I tell you if you believed God's glory would be revealed? So he goes to the tomb where Lazarus is, and he tells the people, remove the stone. It's then that Martha says, Lazarus stinks. He's dead. He's been dead for four days. But Jesus calls Lazarus forth after the stone is removed. He says, Lazarus, come out. And he does. He walks out of the tomb, and the people unbind him from his burial cloths. He is free, he is new, he is alive. From death and decay to new life with Jesus. There's a promise to us in the book of Ephesians that Jesus brings new life to those around him. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead to our trespasses, made us alive in Christ. That is his promise. 
Now, I've never seen uh, a miracle as dramatic as that of Lazarus. I've never seen a true miracle of, of resurrection. But I've seen resurrection in other ways. I have a colleague in a ministry, a dear friend, that I met a number of years ago. And I've heard his story numerous times. He was abused as a child. And out of that, his teenage years were hard. His adult years were hard. And to cover that abuse that happened to him, he turned to drugs and alcohol. And to support his drug and alcohol habit, he started preying on vulnerable women and getting them to support his habit. His addiction spiraled deeper, and he eventually ended up having children that he really didn't have a relationship with or support. It, it was hard. He was arrested, and in prison, he got clean. He found the 12-step program and started working the steps, but he would tell you at that point, and I know this sounds odd, but he, he would tell you this, Hank Williams Jr. was his higher power and not Jesus but he eventually ended up in a United Methodist Church. And it was there that they had a Celebrate Recovery ministry. And he became involved. And he came to know Jesus as his higher power. And his life changed. And he started working in Celebrate Recovery. He started ministering to those with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. He brought his wife to church. They grew together and became leaders in the program and started mentoring others, started planning CRs across the area, and eventually this led to a job for him in the church, planning CRs across the North Alabama Conference. His life was changed through Jesus, and he shares Jesus everywhere he can. In fact, he started the candidacy program for ministry, exploring ministry, and now he's a licensed pastor. And he is proclaiming Jesus from a pulpit today. He went from someone who didn't even finish high school uh, to someone who is now studying, has his GED, and studying ministerial courses. And he is, is working and growing and stronger in his faith every day. And that is a miracle. I uh, knew a woman at one of my churches who also had a very hard and difficult life. I came to know her because she was drugged to my church by a friend. And she was as hard as they come. But people in the church loved on her. And because they loved her, she felt she could love herself. And eventually, she began to love Jesus. And that hard shell cracked. And through relationship building, she put her faith and trust in Jesus. She was baptized and professed her faith. And she, through this process, it wasn't overnight. It was a journey, but she changed dramatically. Her countenance changed. Her attitude changed. Everything changed about her. Well, about a year or so after all of this, she was diagnosed with an advanced brain tumor. And it, it was too far advanced to, to, to really treat. And she had such a testimony and such joy and faith through all of that. And she would clearly say that while I 
may not be healed in this lifetime, which she was not, I'm spiritually healed, and I will be healed physically in the next lifetime. I also knew a man who looked like he had it all together. He was in church. He was a, held offices in the church. His family looked like a Christmas card picture. It looked like he had everything that anyone would aspire to, career and money, but it was all a shell game. He was deeply in debt, his marriage was falling apart, and he didn't have his priorities straight. Well, one day all that came crumbling down. And when he got to his lowest point, he turned to Christ. And out of that, his priorities were restored. His marriage was restored. He changed jobs. His, his life totally changed. And that's because of Jesus. What's your story? How has Jesus changed you? We all have a testimony. We all have a story to tell. Because Jesus doesn't save us to keep us the same. He saves us for more. He saves us so that we might be transformed in his love and grace and go and share others so they might know him more and more. Lazarus' story was a miracle of stinking death to life. And Jesus brings those miracles of stinking death to life in our world too. Maybe not as evident, maybe not as obvious, maybe not something that would land you on the nightly news, but those stories are just as real and powerful. Jesus continues to be in the transformation game. Is Jesus changing you? You. This comes, this new transformation comes from our growth in Christ. My daughter Rachel was a very active baby, and she could never gain weight. One day at a pediatrician's visit, the doctor said she's got to gain weight. If she doesn't gain weight by the next time you come back, we're going to, she's going to be considered failure to thrive and we're going to have to do a medical intervention. Well, fortunately, she did gain weight and she's healthy now and everything's fine. But the doctor said she wasn't healthy because she wasn't growing. And the same could be said about our faith. If we're not growing with Christ, then are we spiritually healthy? Are we changing for him? If we're not going and growing and thriving with Christ, maybe we're experiencing failure to thrive in our life of discipleship, in our relationship with Jesus. And maybe the cases for you right now is you're not seeing that. And you're thirsty, and you feel stink and death and decay, and you're searching for that new life. Well, I can say I don't know the specifics of how and where and when, but I do know in the hands of Jesus you can experience that new life. And you may be saying to yourself, well, you're a preacher. You should know the specifics of how and when and where. That's, that's what you get paid to do. But I also know, if reading the story, Lazarus didn't resurrect himself. 
Jesus is the one who called him out of, of the tomb. Because the truth is, we can't will our way out of it. We can't self-help our way out of it. Jesus said, I am resurrection and I am life. And through him, we can know transformational change. It is through him that transformation comes. Transformation is kind of like that Oreo cookies recipe I gave you a few weeks ago. Do you remember? I listed the ingredients and I said, these are the ingredients of an Oreo cookie. They may not be too appealing, but together they make an Oreo. Now, I trust that I, if I look up the ingredients, and they will be an Oreo. That's what's in an Oreo. I don't know how the manufacturers make an Oreo. It's a mystery to me, but I know an Oreo will come from those ingredients. So it is a life of Christ. I know the ingredients of transformation. Scripture says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. It's prayer. It's seeking him. It's worship. It's being in community. It's Bible study. It is... Um, on and on and on those spiritual disciplines that we practice Jesus meets us and Jesus changes us I don't know the specifics in the when or where but I know the recipe and I know Jesus works through that and if we're experiencing death and decay in our lives as we lean into those disciplines Jesus meets us where we are and he changes us and the cool thing about that, something I don't know if you noticed in the scripture, but the great thing about that is he changes us in community. Because this transformation does not happen in isolation. It happens in community. Did you notice that when he said, roll away the stone, he asked the community to roll away the stone. And when Lazarus came out of the tomb, he said, to them, scripture says, he said to them, unbind him and let him free. Community was part of that transformation. And not only was community part of that transformation, I believe that community can be transformed as well, just like with Lazarus. Jesus is in the transformation game. And his transformation for all of our lives is extraordinary for he can take death and dying and bring you life and hope amen so we have two more weeks in this series called extraordinary and the next two weeks we'll be looking at extraordinary elements how jesus takes water and bread and juice and allows those to be elements of his extraordinary grace let us pray God I'm so thankful for the change that you have brought in my life and the lives of these my brothers and sisters in Christ and the change that you offer and promise to all of us I pray, uh, dear God, that you continue to transform us into your image because we trust that you didn't save us so that we could be stagnant and just as we are, but so that we could do greater things and be greater in you. 
In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I am not alone. <laughs> See, I brag on you, James, and this is what happens.
working uh, in a new way in your life and you need a time of prayer or would like to unite with First United Methodist Church either by transfer membership or profession of faith or would like to explore the sacrament of baptism know that I'll be available after the service to meet with you and now receive the benediction may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.